hello everyone and welcome to the Magic Beans podcast. This is episode 116 and my name is Cracker and I'm going to be your host for the show. I have one bean with me today and that is Chewy. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Very well, very well. Nice to be back on. Had a week off and uh, you boys did a good job. It was was good catching up on, on Standard and, and how we saw the decks positioning and... I mean, we're going to be doing a lot more of that this time. So, yeah, going to more del- delve a bit deeper. In. So, yeah, uh, much but, deeper, and see how wrong we were. Uh, but yeah, it's good to have you back. Uh, Shorty's having a a week off as is Stu. So just just us. So uh, pretty sure this is the A team, uh, if I recall correctly from the uh, invitational coverage. So I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> look, we we always you know miss when the other guys aren't here, but uh, that's okay. You and I have been able to talk about magic for. An hour nonstop on many occasions, so I don't think this will be any real challenge for us. But before we get right into standard and the the new information we've got to hand, do you want to have a quick chat about our wonderful sponsors, mate? Absolutely, got a package yesterday. Even uh, that's how excited I am to uh, talk about Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They're a Facebook auction group uh, where they have nightly auctions for physical magic cards, uh, including some win it now auctions so we'll win it now deals and where you can jump on and uh, just first in best served amazing prices and you can get some really good deals and then they have their nightly auctions with primo auctions on the weekends where you can uh, bid on cards and pick up some absolute bargains there as well uh, josh and pat's sponsor all things magic beans uh, our podcast as well as our tournament series which is in full swing for our kamigawa league so pretty excited with that lots of matches going on discord's popping off with everybody playing their matches and a couple of weeks to go with that but all of that is only possible through the support of josh and pat's mtg bazaar so jump over to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that'll take you straight to their page get bidding and when you do win tell them that the bean sent you and josh and pat will know that we sent you funnily enough (laughs) And they'll keep yep. they'll, they'll keep sponsoring us and and giving us prizes for you to win in our leagues, so, which is uh, it's a good deal. That's it. Yeah, you guys buy cards, and then they send us cards, and then we give you cards. It's it's a you know it's the circle of life. Yeah. So you're and getting you realize that cards twice. It's just exactly sign me. I mean, how good, but, you're, but you're only paying once. Yeah. It's Tell almost you. it's almost like cheating. Almost. <laughs> Everyone loves a two for one. Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so a couple little uh, news things that have come out this week about our next set, even though it feels like, you know, Kamigawa is only 20 minutes old. We have been got some news about the next set, which is called New Capenna. So the first piece of news, which is, I think is really interesting, is they've changed up the release schedule now, mate. So it's been for the last few years that uh, digital has been released a week, sometimes as much as two weeks before paper pre-releases have. And I know this happened at the pre-release we went to where you'd already played like a half dozen drafts before we even got physical cards in your hand, like before anybody could actually touch the paper. Yeah, it kind of knocks the shine off it a little bit, doesn't it? Like I didn't. And it really does. I didn't even really realize that until I saw this announcement and I was like, oh, this is actually better. This is much better. It gets people into stores, which we haven't been able to, to re- you know, really get to for two years. So like mm-hmm. Wizards doing something proactive and, and good for the LGS, I think is is great. Well done, Wizards. You don't always support your LGSs as well as you could. Uh, it looks like you're 
doing all right here on this one. So hats off to them. And it's also, I wonder, does it help with the alchemy update schedule as well? Perhaps. I don't, I don't think it changes that too much okay. because you're not, you're still not going to have the, like the volume of data that they work from now has to be from like arena and to some degree magic online, you'd think. But I mean, as alchemy is only an arena format, I don't think that like a week of paper in quotes kind of changes anything no there. no i mean it's um it just gives them an extra by pushing back the release date it gives them extra hmm. development time to to out you know update alchemy cards so the alchemy update can yeah. be closer to the arena release i'm, I'm completely spitballing uh it, no, that's it would make sense if it did i think sure. it'd be you know people would be more likely to spend their wild cards if they knew the card had been nerfed and there'll be less issues with computer consumer confidence so if they haven't thought of that wizards please i hope the penny drops and you you figure that one out because i, I think it'll help you <laughs> maybe they fell backwards into the answer yeah exactly <laughs> accidentally instead instead of planning it exactly so. but Oops. uh yeah so it's it's only a week difference which is what it was going back three or four years now i guess when we used to have even before arena you know you would have sets out in paper for a week or so before they hit Magic Online. So I, I think this is cool. Hopefully we we see this continue and it will certainly, you know, I, I don't think it takes any of the shine away from Arena, but I feel like when you've already played the cards on Arena, it takes a bunch of the shine away from the paper for whatever yeah, reason. I agree. I, don't, I, agree. This, I, this is I don't a, understand a how that works, yeah. but yeah, I think so. Um, so that's the first bit of news about New Capenna. And the second bit is probably after you have already listened to this podcast, they are doing their first stream. Wizards is doing their first official stream with a couple of spoiler cards. So they've done this on the last couple of sets. They they tend to give you a bit of the lore and the history and, and teasing some, some new things. Um, so this is part of the weekly MTG show. And that's going to take place, you know, like in the middle of the night or early in the hours for Australia on Friday. So it's Thursday in the States. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what, what we see out of this. I'm kind of... I'm curious, man. I'm like, I'm really looking forward to it. Like Dominaria and Brothers War, like we've got some ideas of what that's going to look like, but this is a new plane. We haven't been to Capenna before. So no, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking forward to that. I, I, I've got some theories that, you know, I've created a YouTube video on the, mm -hmm. on the beans YouTube thing with, with my theory. So I'm, I'm looking at, at it sort of extra closely to see, you know, if I'm anywhere, even, It'll miss. even on the plane, right? Uh, yeah. But I'm looking forward to the the Art Deco theme. Uh, yeah, I, me too. I I think that's something that you know we haven't really seen in Magic before, and it's uh, yeah. And you know, as as amazing as you know the Japanese stuff with uh, Kamigawa is, and the art in Kamigawa is one of my favourites of all time. Uh, the the yep. Art Deco is one of my favourite architecture styles. And, you know, if I could afford it, I'd love to live in an Art Deco home, right? But, you know, all of the ones in Melbourne are way more than I can afford. <laughs> Heritage listed and many, many zeros. In yeah, post they're times. in postcodes that I don't even bother looking on my <laughs> real estate no, search. No, correct. So, uh, but I, I really think that's going to be uh, going to be cool. Uh, you know, maybe a bit of a mobster theme is certainly some vibes that I'm I'm getting as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I've just got this like vision of obnixilis in a dick tracy car vehicle with like a tommy gun right that's that's what that's the image that's evoked into my mind uh when i with the imagery and such that i've seen and uh, that's pretty exciting <laughs> in my book. Yeah, it's so pretty cool. it's uh it's pretty cool 
So all right. So yeah, before we before we get to Nuka Pena though, we've got a lot of current standards to unpack, and we still got. Uh, I should say there's still like after the initial preview in the next day or so. I think it's like three or four weeks before we get the actual preview season. So there's there's a long time between when we see these first couple of cards to the next set. So even though it's exciting, there's still there's still a lot to unpack out of Kamigawa. And it's kind of done what we all hoped it would and really, really shaken up the format a lot. Standards back on the menu, boys. That's it, it really is. Yeah. yeah. It actually it actually looks really interesting and, and really exciting for a change. And it, it's felt like it's been like a year or more <laughs> since it was actually interesting for me. So, um, yeah, it's really good to sort of get back into it and, and start to sink my teeth into, you know, what's going on and, and everything there. But sinking your teeth into is something you've done a bit of, mate. You've uh, you've untapped some data. <laughs> Absolutely, I have. Uh, so, uh, well done. Um, you're Thank learning you. my young Padawan there. So, uh, if, most people that play Arena will be familiar with the, the untapped plugin. Uh, and I I decided to to spend the eight dollars I think it was to unlock the uh, the data and and spent a little bit of time uh, last night and throughout my workday today. <clears throat> Hope my boss isn't listening. <laughs> um, and yeah, I t- took a look at the the standard metagame and uh, turns out that there's a lot more matches. Well, games, best of one games played, to the surprise of nobody, um, than, than best of three and standard being the most popular format. And I don't know that standard was necessarily the most popular format before Kamigawa came out. Uh, I haven't looked at those numbers specifically, but uh, it's it's taken off. Like, it's, it is it is flying. The success of this uh, set, you know, is evident in... Uh, you know, the excitement in which people talk about it, but also in, in the data, which is something that I have uh, an interest in. I'm not a statistician or a math- mathematician. I'm uh, I'm a business analyst and uh, part of business analytics is is just that, is, is data analytics. Difference between business and data analytics, they are very, very different, but uh, there is components of that that I need to do day-to-day in my role at work and so I flexed that muscle a little bit in the magic space and came up with a little bit of a, a, a metagame breakdown and uh, I just thought I would share that with everybody here and you know you and I can go through that and pick maybe, our way through it all yeah yeah maybe give some advice on what the actual best deck to play is by the end of it so yeah so um, before before we jump into that I think there's a couple of other interesting stats that I actually saw today from on, on Twitter, which were pulled from the same locations. So they're all from untapped.gg. And it was the, the number of games recorded over the last seven days. So standard best of one, there were 256,000 games played. That's Alchemy best of one, there were... There's a lot, yeah. Uh, Alchemy best of one, there was 19,000. And historic best of one, there's 46,000. So huge, huge difference between... Standard and Alchemy best of one. And then we have the best of three stats as well. So best of three standard was 90,000. For Alchemy, it was 7,000. And for Historic, it was 14,500. So total standard is just kind of crushing everything in, in sheer volume. And that's not uh, just... Uh, I, I saw that tweet as well, like you shared it with me. Hmm. Uh, it's That's not just a, a one-off. So if you look back two weeks ago... Uh, mm-hmm. Alchemy was 
running at 50% of what standard was. Now it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know that, I don't know how many times 19 goes into 256,000s, but uh, it, it's a lot. And yeah. it's a, uh, now it's a, yeah, like, what, what is that, a tenth maybe? Uh, so Alchemy's dropping off, Standard is booming, uh, and we've got an Alchemy premiere event on the weekend, which is well done, Wizards. Um, you know, I just praised you for sorting your relationship with your LGS, but then you go and completely do stuff like this. But uh, but the upside, though, right? The upside is yes. Standard is good and people are playing. Yeah. And so... Yeah, let, let's dig into that then, right? We've you've got some data and you've pulled out the top dozen decks that we've you, you can see here as far as win percentage. Do you want to kind of list through the the caveats as to how you arrived at this? Yeah, I'll, I'll qualify my well, data a little bit just to because uh, I think it's some important context. So uh, I took decks that have got uh, the, so I took the twelve best performing decks that had played at least. 200 matches uh, in the time period of the 11th of Feb to today being the 3rd of March, 2022. So, you know, three weeks of data uh, all up. There's just shy of half a million games played uh, in this. So to give you an idea of just the volume that we're talking about, uh, that it's best of one gold to mythic. Uh, I haven't factored in the, the, you know, the more casual player or the, the shorties that can't make it, um, you know, into gold and uh, have, you know, not quite made it through. And, you know, you could jump in a, a bronze <laughs> and, and play one of these decks and skew the data a little bit because you could crush. Um, I haven't factored in play and draw and only decks that have got 200 plus games against at least 50%, at least six of the other decks represented on the list here as well. So there was a couple of, you know, anomalies that, you know, oh, this deck's got an amazing win rate, but it's only, it's only just qualified with 200 games and, you know, 40 of them have been against uh, one deck and 80 against another. So, you know, we didn't have data sets for the rest of them. So it was uh, kind of not really worth talking about. Those decks may develop uh, and into a you know, into a player in the metagame once they've played some more matches. But that that is my kind of data set that I'm looking at. And so just I'll just circle back on that. So 200 matches minimum uh, playing matches against other decks on this list, top 12 performing decks on aggregate win percentage for the last three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely make this data available we'll put it in the show notes and things so people can have a look at it um, because there, there may be some some interested parties and we're more than happy to do that uh, but I think the thing that's interesting for me here is that there's only one deck in this list that surprises me in terms of like being here so we might as well just run down them quickly and then we can start to have a chat about uh, where they sit actually we might as well do that at the start so the the top performing deck that we've got here is Naya Humans with an overall win percentage of 59.5%, which is like an impressive win rate. It's huge. Yep. It's it's massive. So we're looking at what, 46,000 matches played for this deck. And it's what, 9.5% of the meta or close enough to it. Yep. 
Yep. So the, the the fact that we're talking about, as you said before, nearly half a million matches across these 12 decks mean that, I mean, we're, we're getting into, I hate to use this term, but statistically significant, right? We're not talking about, you know, the, as you said, we don't have the deck that spiked against, you know, four matchups that it's just like 100% against, and then it's a dog to everything else because you've done that by putting in these, these ranges and these minimum um, kind of benchmarks. So, you know... You still have to take some of this with a with a grain of salt and understand that, you know, this is the most entrenched players because it's untapped.gg that is capturing this information. But if you're entrenched enough, then like you're playing you're you're playing to win, right? People like who are installing these kind of apps are not doing it for for giggles. They're not playing meme decks and that kind of stuff. Exactly right. Exactly. You know, they want to actually you know do well. They want to complete their quest. They want to uh, get. They're at least as bad as me, and hope probably better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, potentially, yeah. Uh, so, uh, next, what's the next one on the list after Nia Humans? We've got Mono White Aggro at 59%. So, not far off the pace here. And, I mean, again, that's that's not a... Like I said, none of these decks are particularly surprising. There's uh, 96,000 matches played here for, for Mono White Aggro. So, like, there's big numbers. That's That's a lot of games. I suppose it only took them, like, 45 minutes... Uh, yeah, potentially, you know. may, may, maybe an hour, depending on how quick yeah. their opponents were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether, yeah. you know, their opponent and, and knew they many... were dead and started roping them and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many times you spammed the nice emoji yeah. before you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one down, we've got Orzov Tokens. And there's a bit of a drop here at 55.9% win rate uh, with, with less matches as well, actually, 31,000. Yeah, but have you come across this? Yeah, one? Yeah, played against oh, it yes. quite a bit, uh, and mm. uh, it's it's very very good against uh, you know the other other creature decks. Uh, you mm. know, it, it just creates a, a huge board presence uh, and plays Edgar and uh, Meathook Massacre as a sort of a, a finisher as well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's that sort of classic mid range deck, and it just can just absolutely go very very wide very very quickly and recover from its own sweepers or actually take advantage of its own sweeper uh with uh with meat hook so it's a, a, a cool deck are you yeah are you familiar with this next one a little bit a little bit yeah uh okay. yeah so the next one is uh Selesnia enchantments <laughs> and that's at 55.7 percent so it's the fourth best performing deck and it's it's been my deck of choice uh over the last little bit uh made it to one pip from diamond two oh, uh in so uh in the last season and uh i'm on the eve of just cracking through platinum again here so uh and also the the highest percentage as far as um the total number of matches played and it's very the popular meta, right yeah so we're at one hundred and ten thousand matches played and 22.5 percent of a meta which is Enormous. Which is a lot, considering we're talking about, you know, like a dozen decks here, that the fact that it's it's nearly a quarter of that is, you know, that's a huge representation. That's, in standard, that's, it's not problematic yet, but it's it's getting up towards that kind of number, right? Like, if you're sitting down thinking at least one in four of my games is against this enchantment deck, if you're not prepared for it, then, I mean, you're just throwing. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm fair. starting to see more decks playing Farewell as well so sure and, yep. and that is that is sense. very much farewell <laughs> when that, yep. uh, i imagine that yeah. goes on the stack and you just say all right catch you later yeah <laughs> um all right so the next deck down at uh is Orzov control with uh 55.4 percent win rate 
And then right on its tail is Esper Control at 55.3. Very so, similar, you know. these decks. One just yeah. uh, takes can takes advantage of the, the blue uh, card draw versus the black-white recursion and mm-hmm. uh, lessons. So just a different card draw engine, but a, a lot of the same core uh, power in the deck. Yeah, it, it feels like kind of, you know, opposite sides of the same coin for this one in particular. Yeah, not surprised that they're, you know, 0.1% difference yeah. in... Yeah, yeah in results. exactly. I am surprised that it's the blue deck that's... No. <laughs> uh, I think um, that 0.1% mana, is mana the three-color mana things. base, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, same. Uh, so what have we got following up Esper Control? Uh, mono green. Still, still mm. you know, it's stomping its way to a 54.9% win rate. And and this is, mm-hmm. you know, a really known quantity. Uh, it, it lost the uh, faceless haven but you know gained more forest which makes its trolls better and you know picked up a couple of you know new toys along the way recently in the uh the four mana four four haste guy that flips and, and things like that so uh but still you know ranger class and the uh the three three werewolf that draws cards you know it, it's got power it, it's got a presence it's kind of always going to be there as long as those cards are around in standard i think and 54.9 win rate is decent right so yeah no it's really good yeah. and that's across thirty three thousand matches as well yeah uh, so, oh, we didn't talk yeah. about the yeah uh Orzov control has got fifty five thousand, and esper has sixteen thousand. so Orzov is definitely uh, a much higher representation here less wild cards to build a minute, <laughs> <laughs> yes we've all looked at those three color bases and gone oh yeah exactly about that uh, so following Monogreen Stompy, we've got uh, Azorius Control at 54.7%. So Yeah, this has no. been my nemesis, honestly. With uh, This is the deck that's running the farewells and... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a. This is this is the toughest matchup for the uh, for the deck that I've been playing. But uh, overall, you know, fifty four point seven percent. It's performing quite well. It is. So, and yeah. then after that, we've got. Uh, oh, sorry. How many matches was that across? Uh, Twenty two thousand. Twenty two thousand. So a decent number. Yeah. Uh, so following this, we've got uh, mono black control at fifty four point one percent. And that's at twenty six thousand mono- matches played. Is a a, a lot of control here mates bit of there a is theme there going. is there's a lot of there's uh, a lot of sweepers there's a lot there's a few counter spells and mm-hmm. a, yeah a lot of uh a lot of uh deluges to uh draw lots of cards speaking of counter spells is a dragons has got a couple and that is the next deck on our list at 20 uh, 52.9 percent 20 52.9 percent yeah that's <laughs> 13,000 which is 2.6 percent of the metagame so uh, Which is really way lower off. than I I thought it was going to be. Like when when you sent this through, I expected maybe not necessarily in total overall win percentage, but certainly in terms of total numbers of matches played, I thought this would be much higher. The, this is I, actually like yeah. our second lowest played deck out of all of these. I just wonder if there's uh, some of the is it dragons players have gone to the Hanada deck or gone to the. Sure. Um, gone to the there's a mill deck that's been getting around and casts um the uh the fork on to tashar's hideous laughter so and just oh, tries that's to, fantastic tries to mill people out <laughs> go, yeah yeah go have any consideration oh, i hadn't seen that that's brilliant yeah yeah so i think maybe maybe they've like split some of the metagame share amongst the other you know blue red decks perhaps so yeah that might explain the, that. the other thing that um springs to mind here as well is it's it's also probably 
apart from like mono green stompy and mono white stompy, it's the oldest of these decks. It's, yeah. you know, it's been very um, unchanged for the last little while, you know. Yeah, people there want to play something There was a huge amount of impact. Yeah, people want to spice it up a little bit. There's, there's actually not many, if any, um, of the Kamigawa cards in, in the a lot of the lists that I've been looking at for sort of the Is It Dragons control decks. Um, Absolutely. But one that is new, Mono Red. Mono Red Aggro. With the same win rate, actually, at 52.9%. Yeah, and that's... So, sure, you'd be happy to know that. Yeah, slightly more games played at 15,000, so 3% of the metagame. And interestingly, when I was looking at the data set, one, a deck that was right on the cusp of qualifying here uh, was actually... There's a Mono Red Goblins deck. Uh, so, mm. But it just hasn't quite... Didn't quite meet the criteria of playing being played against the other decks uh, on this list. Uh, but I guess look out for that. Uh, as a you know honourable mention, yeah. So the one that this was the surprise on the list for me, and that's Gruel Werewolves at fifty two point five, and that's across uh, twelve thousand matches. So it's actually like our lowest represented in terms of total matches played, and it's almost the lowest overall um, win percentage as well. But it's just not something that I've really heard anyone talking about. It's just. I don't know. Are you running across this particularly often? Uh, I, in, I'm in not. And, and I w- yeah. if we do look at the, the metagame breakdown, and again, we will share the... I've got a colourful spreadsheet here. Uh, when I was looking at its uh, win-loss percentages against the other decks, of the other 11 decks on this list, it only has a positive matchup against one deck. So hmm. it has an overall positive match uh positive win rate at 52 and a half percent but it's basically crushing all the other stuff but losing to the to the tier one tier 1.5 lists so uh i guess if if you want to sleeve up your um your cruel werewolves then you know be prepared for uh you know a little bit of the matchup lottery and look i i've got an affection for this it took me to to mythic a couple of uh, a couple of seasons ago and you know it certainly had uh, a place that came second at worlds effectively like the Gruel werewolves list is very similar to what we uh what we saw uh at worlds uh with jay Depraz a few months ago so mm-hmm. uh yeah but it's a very very interesting you know you, you we will look a little deeper uh here tonight but it is i guess warning shot don't just go off win-loss percentage, actually look at the win-loss percentage against the other good decks because, uh, yeah, otherwise you might just be setting yourself up for a little bit of frustration. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, then the, uh, the last deck yeah, on the list it. here is the uh, the brand spanking new Jeskai Hanata uh, at, at mm. 14,000 uh, games played. So when we think about how long this deck's been around, uh, it, it's actually a fairly, fairly high number of matches played in a short space of time because I don't think anybody was playing this on the 11th of February. And no. so it's, uh, it's, it's more recent and it's, uh, and people are learning it. It's, it's new uh, and it's adjusting to the metagame, trying to, to find its best version. Um, and it's still got a, a 52% win rate. So it's, uh, it's interesting there. So, uh, and, and another thing I just looked, I just looked at the differential, like, so what's the percentage between the, most successful deck and the 12th most successful deck and it's 7.5%. And I haven't gone back and looked over, you know, Magic's history to see how normal that is, but that feels at, at least anecdotally 
healthy if there's you know only seven and a half percent between uh, you know the best and worst deck in amongst the tier lists. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's a lot of the success uh, of of this format of you know of having you know half a uh, quarter of a million games played aggregate over the uh, the last week as we saw on Twitter today, uh, and it's because you know there's a lot of things that are good. Like modern is super popular because you could just play the deck that you want to play, and you know most decks are, are you know playable and good. So we're seeing that in the you know the smaller, more contained standard version, right? So yeah, absolutely, and it's good to see that if you kind of look at the list as a whole, we've we've kind of got all the the major archetypes that you would expect to see represented here. So Except we mentioned you know, this for the rune deck, yeah. Right. That well, uh, sure. I just mean not not necessarily in terms of the the decks themselves, but the archetypes. The archetypes so we've yeah. got like we've got a whole list of control. We've got you know a few different takes on aggro decks. We've got mid range. We've got some kind of mid range and tempo sort of style decks, and then the the more current lists of the Hanada decks that I've seen actually have like an infinite mana combo in them. So there's even like some combo esque stuff in them. So it's pretty great to see that you know for for a long time it was kind of like well, you play mono white or mono green or you play Auron's Epiphany and they were like the choices you had. And if you're doing anything else, you were kind of just... Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah, throwing, I guess, is, is about it. So it's it's really nice to see that we've, you know, like mid-range is definitely a thing again and there's there's lots of different choices of control. So yeah, um, I, I like that we've got kind of this spread and apart from the top two decks, which have got you know, like 4% over the rest of the field, everything is really flat. Like from third to 12th, there's 3.9% difference in sort of overall win percentage, which it feels very flat. Yeah, very, very flat. And and again, it is worth mentioning, and this is best of one. So, you know, the metagame will be different to uh, best of three, which it is, but I didn't Mm -hmm. have the same sort of data set to uh, represent. So we're just talking it talking about it in the best of one context for this evening at least um well it's it i mean like we said before though it is a significantly larger portion of the amount of standard or magic in general being played this on is clearly what people you know want to that's what they that's do what they yeah. do that's right so we might as well talk about it i don't want to talk about Correct. something that people don't you know i i will maintain that you know the pure the purest form of magic <laughs> is is best of three as as the cards were printed, uh, but um, yeah, I, I I also play best of one just like everybody else does, and you know a lot of what I say about that is tongue in cheek, but it's um, that the numbers don't lie in that respect. So I just want to touch yeah, on the correct. the Naya runes uh, thing as well because I know there's yes. a lot of hype about that at, at the moment, and it's a, again a deck that hasn't uh, been around for the full time period that we've been analyzing here so it, it may be you know working its way up the ranks and if we run this same report in a week's time you know i would expect to see it but i i do want to just fire a little bit of a warning shot again for anybody thinking about picking that deck up because based on on my experience and again we don't have the data yet because uh, it hasn't been games played but i i checked my untapped profile uh, before the cast, and I am 12 and 3, which is 80% against the Naya Runes deck with the Green White Enchantments deck. 
And it's like, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, well done. You know, you've only got, you know, it's only one deck out of the meta, but it's actually 22.5% of the meta. That's, you know, somewhere between one and four and one and five decks that you play, you're going to have a 20% matchup. So just make sure you're aware what you're signing up for when you when you sleeve up Runeforge Champion. The deck's very, very powerful, but, you know, it, it in a best of one sense, like it's it's a it's not a buy but it's it's kind of a buy uh, for for the most represented deck. So uh, make sure you're looking at matchup data, not just you know aggregate win percentage and or getting caught up in the hype. You know if you're actually looking to it's a fun deck. Don't get me wrong. I, I you know if you're looking to enjoy the games of Magic, that's definitely a consideration and and the deck's super fun, but. If you're looking to just get as high up the ladder as you possibly can, uh, you know, make sure you're aware that yeah, the green one enchantment matchup is a bit of a dog. Yeah, or you just scoop to it and crush the other ones. Yeah, exactly right. Just know what you're signing up for. That's all. I'm not saying yeah, don't play. Absolutely. I'm just saying make sure you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So some of the other interesting stuff that you've you've pulled out here, and and we've kind of touched on it a couple of times, is just the the overall statistic doesn't tell the whole story. And this has always been really true from um, large-scale events. We used to see this at like GPs and, and pro tours when they were, you know, large paper events with, you know, like a thousand people kind of thing. The pro tours were, were always a little bit smaller than that. You know, they were four or five hundred, but, you know, the amount of testing and, and work that was put into those kind of made the matches significant because they were the very best players that were around. So one of the things that you would quite often see is that, that there would be, there's obviously a winning deck. And... That didn't mean it was actually the best deck of the field or the best deck of the tournament, even though it was the winning in air quotes deck. It was the best deck on the day. And so quite often you would see people talking about, you know, these these other ones. The ones that the one that jumps to mind for me is kind of right when I started playing again in the Khan's block and there was Esper Dragons, which if you're playing around that time, I'm sure you remember. Yep. And it had a really it kind of had a breakout pro tour, but it didn't win. I think it put like two or three copies in the top eight. But it lost to, and I'm pretty sure it was just like uh, Gruel Beatdown. There was, you know, some really, really good, um, you know, just there was a, there green, was a, a Tarkus Command, right? Yeah, a yep. Tarkus Command. Yeah, it was a Tarka Red, is what it was called, and um, that actually took down the Pro Tour. And that like there was a phenomenal deck, but the the kind of Esper Dragons came out, and if you're paying attention to like SCG articles or Channel Fireball articles and things afterwards, that was the deck that the pros are all interested in. And at the time, I remember talking to you and Sean, he's like, well, what's going on? Like, it didn't win. And you're like, yeah, but if you look at how well it performed across the field and the representation, it was like, I think it was just like Channel Fireball was on it. And they just crushed. Like, in terms of the overall win percentage across the team was just way higher than like these one or two people with the Tarka Red who had done really well out of the field of a, a very well-known archetype. And so that was a real learning point for me there is that you can't just look at that one statistic like these ones we've just read out. They are interesting and noteworthy, right? And everyone likes, you know, the short piece of information. It's just like Monogreen Stompy, 54% against the field. Perfect. Good enough. Let's go. Yeah. And it gives you an indicative um, idea of where things sit, but it's not the whole story. It's not the full story. And and the Gruel Werewolves uh, example, uh, you know, is not just like negative matchups against uh, other decks in the field. It is 43% against Naya Humans, 35 against Mono White, uh, 49 against Orzhov Tokens, 44 against Enchantments, 47 against Orzhov Control, 36 against Mono Green. So it's not even the best 
you know, werewolf deck. Um, the only deck that it's got a positive matchup against is Azura's Control at 56%. But its range, like the floor is 36% win rate and its ceiling is only 56 So if, it, and, you know, the the percentage of the metagame that it's got, a, of this metagame that I'm representing here uh, with Azurius Control is only four and a half percent of the metagame of, of the top 12 decks have you actually got a positive matchup against. So just seeing a deck going sweet, positive win rate, I like the deck picking it up and expecting to crush uh, without, you know, thinking that a bit more about it and the context of where it sits in, in the metagame, especially if you're looking to take this deep into the ladder and where you're going to start running into better players and, you know, more meta decks along the way. It's something that, um, you know, really does pay to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got kind of the, you're talking about the floor and the ceiling. And I think that this is it kind of, without going into like Nia humans versus Mono White Aggro and the, you know, the aggregate, you know, win percentage there, there's kind of a really nice floor and ceiling, which I think gives you, the, I mean, the spread is probably the easiest way I can think to describe it of, of how well you expect to do against the top decks. So do you want to just run through that and we can yeah, kind of get absolutely. an idea of yep. how, so, how they, they're going to feel and when you're a dog and how bad of a dog you are? Yeah. So the way that I crunched the numbers on this uh, to try to represent this idea was uh, I, I went through and we'll, we'll share the document that actually shows the, the, the win-loss percentages, uh, but the the number of decks on this list that a deck has a positive and then a negative um, win rate uh, against, what those percentages are, and then the differential uh, is uh, something that I find fascinating as well. So, for example, the Naya Humans deck of the... Uh, of the 12 decks represented here, uh, it's, I typoed here, sorry. It's, uh, it's got a, it's positive against nine of the other decks, negative against only two of them. Uh, it's got a highest win percentage of decks in the field of 61 and its lowest is only 48%. So it's only a differential of, of, uh, of 13% between its best matchup and its worst matchup. So, uh, that's clearly, you know, it's the, got the highest win rate. This, you know, backs that up, obviously. So it's got a, uh, a, a how how can it lose, right? So uh, mono yeah, white, even at its worst, you're only just under 50%. Oh, and speaking of that, sorry, we should also say that um, you've included the matchup against itself. It's, I have. That's what I've done wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but that's just fifty percent, so it doesn't yeah, actually affect it, the outcome. It doesn't change. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, so it that, does not. that makes sense. Um, and then and there's the- so that's actually the the lowest differential we've got out of any of the decks here. So I mean, as you said, this this shows why you are seeing this being you know sitting on top by you know quite a few percentage points over kind of the next closest deck because as you said, it's as its worst matchup is is only forty eight percent. So. It's really, you're still a coin flip against what is it like mono black control. And so if you get out to a good start, then you just, absolutely you're off to the races yeah. and against some of the others, you, exactly. you're at 61%, which is, which is an excellent, like, 
there's no such thing. People will say, oh, I'm like 90%. No one's no, 90%. It's 90%. I'm 80% against runes like, based on yeah. 15 games, but, you know, that's only Correct. 15. It's a very small it, data set. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you know, you get mana screwed 40% of the time. Exactly right. <laughs> you yeah. could be a 100% matchup, but you just, you know, variance of the game will get you. That, so, that does. Uh, so what are we seeing else? So mono white aggro has got uh, a differential of 24%. So the highest being 66, lowest 42. But again, you know, you know, the, the more successful deck will have the, the lower percentage will still be pretty healthy. Uh, Ors of tokens is our second smallest, uh, differential at 14%. So 56 to 42. So not a very high, uh, win rate, uh, as, as far you know, it's not in the 60s like the other one. So it's a full 10% lower, uh, but, um, you know, still a healthy uh, ceiling. Uh, sorry, healthy floor. Yeah. But as you said, that's that's what, like, you would expect a real mid-range deck to be. Exactly. Yeah, somewhere, like somewhere around 45 the 45 to right? 55 against the field, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, green, white enchantments, uh, much wider uh, differential uh, with... 60 being the highest, 38, which is the blue-white control matchup being the uh, being the issue. Uh, and as a, as a yeah, I can attest to that, definitely. Uh, Orzov control has one of the widest ranges here. Yeah. It's, so it has a 28% matchup uh, against the, uh, the Is It Dragons deck. So, um, which is, I've found quite surprising, uh, but it just, I guess the uh the whole whole breaker horror and uh and such just has yeah the tempo and light counter spells and mana advantage from the uh from the blue red deck just gets it done um esper control back towards the middle at 24 with a a ceiling of 60 and a floor of 36 mono green uh, a really high ceiling of 30 of 68 but a very modest floor at 39 gives it a 29 percent differential uh, also of control, 62% against the green-white enchantment deck, but down to 34% against some of the more aggressive decks for a 28% differential. I'll continue just to run through these. Mono black, yeah. uh, 30% differential with 58 and 28. Uh, Is it dragons? Uh, healthy at 22% with 56 and 34. So uh, maybe that ceiling, so started to have some bad matchups that may have been what uh, pushed people away from it. Mono red is our most uh, swingy. Mono red is the lot, the lotto, uh, the matchup lottery, right? So sixty-seven mm-hmm. percent, you know, for its best matchup, but like the opposite of that at twenty-nine percent. Uh, so yeah, make sure if you're going to play mono red, just be prepared to just get completely blown out, and uh, you know, as often as you crush. The uh, the werewolves uh, at twenty, so fifty-six percent against its best matchup, 36 against its worst, and finishing off with Jeskai Hanada, 60% against its best, 36 as its worst with a 24% differential. So a lot of information there, and yeah. um, some people may have to like do the, like go back 10 seconds a couple of times on the on the cast to fully absorb it. But again, we will, I, I recommend clicking the link in the show notes and uh, having the spreadsheet up whilst we are, uh, uh, talking through it because it's a um, yeah, it's an interesting interesting set of numbers and gives some really good context. I think. Oh wait, this is way less fun. I have to put this in the show notes. We can't make Shorty do oh, it. Okay, yeah, rip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess high level. There's there's some interesting things to look at here. 
and they kind of play out the way that you think they would like in terms of like historical contexts of of magic i talked about you know the mid-range deck having a very narrow margin right it's 14 percent differential between its best and worst matchup right its best matchup 56 percent. i mean it's good it's not amazing whereas you compare that against like mono green and mono red which have got the highest ceilings at like 68 and 67 and then mono white at 66 they're all you know that's that's 10 percent more right that's that's a significant increase in terms of your average or your, your very best matchups are so much better but the bad ones mono red aggro against mono green stompy is 29 percent. like yeah you, you that's just that's an insta loss like you, you see a forest and you should just scoop because you're going to save yourself a bunch of time yeah just play so, the percentages and move on but that's just like yeah. chucking in a hand in poker but, right Pretty much. But I mean, that is what you sign up for with that style of deck. And then, you know, you look at the the, the high um, the high point there is what the mono red is, is against the control decks, right? Azorius control is 67%. Esper control, 64%. Is a dragon, 66%. So these kind of slower decks, you just get under them. And so it's great to see, as I said before, you know, we've got kind of this full range of archetypes available to us and all again still with a very narrow overall band between their total overall win loss percentage but th- this stat I, th- I actually find more interesting in many respects to kind of look at and go like i've never seen the spread kind of laid out like this before yeah and it's so something good, that good job mate well done oh, thanks mate yeah no it was uh i was trying to think of a way to articulate the you know once i've seen the the table with you know the you know and i've got my you know, I got to nerd out a little bit and I, you know, got to play with some conditional formatting in my lunch break today and, and stuff and, you know, which is just the adult version of colouring in. And I I looked at it and I was like, well, what does this actually mean? Like, what's the highs and lows? And uh, that, that's what I came up with as, as a way to kind of represent it. And, but it's, it still doesn't tell the whole story, but it's definitely a data point that uh, we should be taking into consideration beyond just the overall win-loss percentage as well. So I, I think that's kind of that that second layer to to analysing the data before you, you know, make the call and cash in your wild cards to, uh, to, you know, build your deck for the season. So it's a, hopefully that, you know, people find that that helpful. Uh, the, the next hmm. thing that I, I think is, is worth looking at is, you know, having a look at your best matchup and having a look at your worst matchup in the context of metagame representation. So if you're if you've got an eighty percent matchup, but it's only two percent of the metagame, you you've got to kind of ignore it and and go well. You know, if if I get paired up against that deck, great, I'll take the win. But you can't rely on on that at all. So you know, if if you're looking at you know. You know, Gruel Werewolves, you know, if you've got a deck that crushes, well, everything crushes Gruel Werewolves on this list, but um, if you, <laughs> if if that's the sort of thing that you're looking at, it's only 12,000 matches in three weeks, only 12,000 matches in three weeks, very casual talking about high numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you crush Gruel Werewolves, but you insta-lose to, you know, uh, Naya Humans or Mono White or especially the Selesnia Enchantments deck, which, you know, which, which is... You know, one in five, almost one in four percent. Then you know that's not the right deck. So uh, it's a uh, taking into account all of the information that you've got available. And I guess I mean to to kind of put a put a bow on on this. Uh, you know, I looked at this and went, well, I've been playing green white enchantments. I've been enjoying it. I've been winning. 
but is it the best choice? And so I, I took my own data and, and I took a look and I, and I came to a conclusion uh, of, of, of what that would be. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll talk through how I got there, which is I looked at the most represented deck and I looked at the deck that has the best matchup against the most represented deck. That seems like the obvious place to start to me. So if, you mm-hmm. know, 25% of my matches are going to be against a deck, a particular deck, I, I want to beat that deck the majority of the time. So the blue-white control deck has a 62% matchup against green-white enchantments. So that that is, that is great. The next highest, most represented deck is mono white aggro at 19.6. So we're already talking, you know, 40% of your matches will be against green, white or mono white. And it's got a 54% win rate against that, that deck. So it also then has, you know, going back over the rest of our, our data here, it's got a, a range of 28, like it has a 34% matchup, but it's, it's got as many positive matchups as it does negative. But having a look at its absolute floor, which is 34%, that is against mono red. And the next worst being, is it dragons? But when you add the percentage of mono red and is it dragons together, it's less than 6% of the metagame. So if you remove those bad matchups from the, from the blue-white control, then the numbers look even better than they already do. So, and that differential gets a lot closer. And so you're, you you know, the deck's got that consistency and you're, and you know, you're removing two of the bad matchups from there because it's such a small percentage of the metagame. You can effectively ignore it. The same as if you had a deck that had an 80% win rate, like I was talking about, you know, you, you, you can't rely on it. The same as, you know, you just write it off if you, you know, if someone goes, you know, mountain one drop. So, my conclusion and my advice to anybody deciding to play, deciding to jump in, have, you haven't built a standard deck yet. My advice would be to to play the blue-white control deck. And I'm saying that as a Selesnya Enchantments player who gets crushed by it. But that that is the deck that I would, right now, based on the data that we've got in front of us, that that is my analysis. Play the, play the blue-white control deck. Go full chi on. Okay, so my advice is don't be a miserable human and play something fun instead and win, <laughs> win with everyone's favorite combination of apparently it's Tasha's hideous laughter and galvanic iteration because everyone loves being milled to death. Everybody loves does love being milled. Every, yeah. Everyone loves it. So I, I think that's actually like, look, this is a lot deeper than we normally go on, on the cast. You know, we tend to have, you know, not, not quite this level of um, look, but I think it's a really interesting take and you know we have this information and that's kind of your level your level zero and your level one right your level zero is green white enchantments most represented deck obviously very good you know very strong win percentage across the board and then looking okay well what is the best thing against that and you can go to you know azorius control and then from there in another week or two it might be interesting to have another look at this and go well what's good against both of those because the chances are that green white enchantments is not going to disappear right it's it's not going to get pushed out by i don't have the wild Azorius control else. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's that too yeah. so you know like this is where you get your your level ones and then your level twos where people are like okay well what's good against both of those what's good against green white auras and enchantments and what's good against azorius control and that's your kind of level two and then you can go way too far 
and end up at level 73 and you're playing, you know, 60 islands or something like that. I don't know. There but, is a mono blue tempo deck that's not far from qualifying for this as well, Cracker. By the way, if you really, mm, yeah, Ooh. I'll send you. A, I'll send you the don't, list according to Untapped. Don't don't tempt me with a good time as to how I can <laughs> <Yeah>. lose <laughs> all my matches. Uh no, it's 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 you know uh, in in the north of fifty percent, but it just you know it's not very well represented in the metagame, so I didn't qualify for my data set. So yeah, I can imagine. Look, man, I've been trying to make Delver work for a while. It it doesn't. It's just not quite Dust there. off those snow islands, but, all i got to say. Right. Ascendant Spirit yeah. doing work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think we might leave the the, the kind of deep dive there. And Thanks look, for letting thank me you nerd out. For, I hope I didn't lose no, everybody like along it, the it's, way. It's fantastic. I think it's good for you know us to, to do this kind of really more focused and in-depth look every now and again. You know, it's always nice to have a bit of banter and, and chat about, you know, the nonsense that we get up to. But, you know... Th- Serious if you magic want to take magic seriously, yeah. yeah, no, look, it's it's good to to mix it up with some you know fact driven stuff. You know, we, we always talk about you know wanting to know what the best deck is, and there's always kind of just that that gut feel, and it's nice to actually go, well, look, we actually have access to the to the underlying data, so why not you know leverage that? Yeah. So, absolutely. where would you play these standard decks, mate? I hear you ask. It's the in the Magic Beans tournament series. Would be correct. The first place that comes to my mind. Uh, that's, we've got that's exactly uh, a league correct. underway at the moment. We do. Yeah, it's the Kamigawa League. So we've changed it up this time. We've we've moved to eight groups. They're all named after Planeswalkers, and we've got smaller groups this time. We we took a bit of feedback from from the people that have been playing in the leagues for a long time, and we we found and, and look the the beans all agreed. You know that like trying to fit a dozen matches in four weeks is can be tough you know we've got time zones to contend with and families and all that sort of stuff so i'm enjoying the the smaller size and like you said before the the you know discord chat is kind of popping off it's always exciting to see that happening so we've we're nearly through the first week we've got you know only a, a day left before we're a week in so don't forget to to get as many matches as you can done there are boosters that are being given away at the end of each week for you know the amount of matches played so for every match that you play is effectively an entry into the draw for that and we've got just a couple of weeks left so if you haven't started yet <clears throat> myself uh get we need to get on it get cracking and uh you know get get these matches done because you know we've got the the top eight coming up you know we, we, we cut to a top 16 and then we've got the top eight which will stream so really looking forward to to seeing how all this plays out but it's yes as we've just spent the last hour talking about standards in a really great spot it's really really and healthy and really really fun there's there's another one coming so, you know, if, if you've missed out on this league, unfortunately, it is too late to join now. But New Capenna, like we said, not that far away, and we will be running another one then. So hang around and, and please join us for that. Anything else that you've got to add before we head out the door, so to speak? Uh, we've mentioned it a, a little while ago, but just yeah, a reminder that uh, we've launched uh, a new website and uh, go to magicbeanscast.com. And we've got uh, a merch store on there. We've just got a brand new um, line of merch. Thanks to Cracker for organizing that. It's all through Redbubble and they ha- they do local printing and, and shipping. So it's not all coming from the one place. So uh, the shipping time, uh, I can attest to, is uh, a lot faster. So if you're looking for some play mats or T-shirts, and I've even got a three-layer washable mask uh, with the Beans logo on it, which is pretty cool. So... It's pretty great. I uh, I recommend uh, rocking up to your local game store wearing that stuff. 
And uh, we also have got some articles uh, up and running. So I'm kind of averaging about one a week at the moment, but I want to throw it out to the community. If you want to, if you've got something to share that you can't share in a tweet, uh, you know, because it's it, your idea is too big, uh, it's a place for you to to share that information. So uh, shoot me a message on the Discord or on Twitter, and uh, we can talk about your idea. Send me the uh, the info, and I'll I'll update it and share it on all the Beans platforms. And you can be a bona fide content creator, which is uh, pretty fun. Which is just one step away from being an influencer. I, I didn't say I, it popped into my mind, and I, I thought <laughs> I know uh, it did. I just thought I'd finish yeah, your I sentence. Yeah, I to let that one you, through man. to the uh, through to the keeper. So yeah, it's uh, check out matchbeanscast.com. We always post the the latest episode on there as well. Um, then there's some you know beans profiles and other things on there. Then uh, it's something that we're constantly working on and just trying to grow that uh, presence a bit. So. Yeah, get to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of our, our hub of all our information now. So if, if you're never sure of where you can find something or, you know, you, you don't want to search through your show notes or whatever because you're driving, then just Magic Beans Cast will be the easiest way for you to, to dig all that stuff out. Absolutely. Uh, so last couple of things. As always, thank you again to Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, jpmtgbazaar.com.au. They are our wonderful sponsors. Otherwise, if you want to follow us, we are trying to stream. Sure, did a box opening this week, which is pretty cool. I'm intending uh, I on know... streaming tomorrow night, actually, getting some league matches done. Yes, I'm hoping to get some done next week as well, actually. So we, we always try and stream a bunch of our league matches, which will be fun. And as, as I mentioned before, we've got our top eight stream that we always do at the end of the leagues too. Uh, so that's all just at Magic Beans Cast on all kind of the major social platforms. So Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, search Magic Beans Cast, you'll find us. Uh, if you wanted to talk to me directly on Twitter, you can do that. I am at Joel Hill underscore and Chewy, you are at Chewy MTG. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate your time and we will chat to you all soon.